0: Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, that separates the church from the rest of the world and the rest of other, uh, other religions is our relationship with the Lord Jesus, amen? Uh, and, you know, other religions will follow a, a God uh, in a lower G uh, case. They will follow somebody or follow a path. But as far as the, the relationship they have with, with whatever God they serve, you know, it's a very distant, uh, cold relationship. But uh, the Bible says here in, in uh, Romans 8, 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword separate us from the love of Christ? Uh, and, you know, uh, the difficulties of life it comes to everybody, right? The, uh, the Bible never says that there won't be things that we have to deal with. Uh, but in the midst of any situation, because uh, none of these sound like a whole lot of fun, right? Tribulation, distress persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. None of these sound like a like a great time in our lives, uh, but he says in all of those situations, we will never be separated from the agape love of God, that the love of God will be there with us in all situations. And then he, and he goes on and he continues that uh, thought in verse 37, He said, or verse 38. He says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So in verse 35, he talks about all the circumstances that that will come your way and um, cause difficulty in your life. And verses 38 and 39, all the people and things uh, that will come into your life to try to separate you from the love of of God. Uh, And so, you know, I just want to encourage everybody that no matter what you're going through, no matter what path you're on in this life, that god loves you amen and and um uh, if you can get that confidence that no matter what that god loves you you know a lot of things are easier to just walk through amen uh and uh you know there's been times when the lord just encourages me uh that you know i love you and um you know that that encourages me to press in to to continue the path you know sometimes we want to give up and just quit and it's too hard and too difficult and some things are very difficult to walk through but Uh, If we know that God loves us, then all will be well. Amen. Uh, And uh, uh, and, you know, just for me personally, you know, a lot of times people will try to put things on you. Right. That that, hey, you're no count. You're unworthy. You know, who are you? Right. And when I remind myself that God loves me, uh, you know, to me, it's kind of like, uh, well, if God loves me and you don't love me, but God loves me. Then what's the problem, right? I mean, okay, you don't love me, but God loves me. So how? There's no comparison, right? In my in my heart, uh, if someone says, "Well, I don't like you," you know, and and that's happened a few times in my life. You know, people just uh, uh say they don't like me and say unkind things toward me, and I think, yeah, but God loves me. Uh, and so if you don't love me, you know, uh, but God loves me, then you're not on the same side as the Lord, right? So you'll have to just deal with that on your own. Amen. Uh, and so. So it's just good to remind ourselves God loves me, amen? That means he loves you specifically. Uh, and, you know, I'm pretty sure he loves me more, but, you know, he does love you, amen? Might be a little bit less than he loves me, I don't know, but, uh, but he loves you. And so, you know, that should encourage you, no matter what people say, and, you know, people will say very unkind things to you on, uh, on occasion in your life, right? Uh, and sometimes people will do unkind things to you in your life. But if God loves you, you know, it's going to be okay, amen? Uh, and so so I just want to encourage, you, you know, uh, God loves you and no matter what comes your way, because he gives you a whole list of all kinds of things that can come your way. And, and not just in this natural realm, he's in, a, in the realm of the spirit, right? Angels and and uh, death and all kinds of things, principalities, powers, you know, angels or devils uh, come your way. Uh, Paul said it doesn't matter what comes your way. God still loves you. Amen. Uh, so does God love you? He does love you. Amen. Well, let's stand and greet each other for just a minute and we'll get into praise and worship. God of the earth is worthy of all praise and honor. Father, we thank you. And Lord, we do praise you and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Is the Lord worthy? You know, sometimes just in my, in my uh, own private times, I'll just tell the Lord he's worthy and then I'll tell him why he's worthy, you know, because he's big. And he's gracious and he's kind and he's created all of the universe and he sent his son into the earth and he loved us enough to do that. Um, you know, that makes him worthy. Amen. Uh, he creates the worlds out of just words. Amen. Everything you see here was created by words. Amen. Uh, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? That uh, God could create everything just by speaking it into existence. And that makes him worthy to be worshipped. Amen. And, um I haven't met anybody that can do that in their own power. I've met a lot of people who think they're worthy and will just go create a gnat, you know. Uh, and when you can create a gnat uh, just by speaking it into existence, then um, then maybe we'll think you're worthy, right? <laughs> That's not going to happen, though. So uh, so praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time. You know, uh, we've been teaching on uh, how, to, how to find the will of God. And, you know... Um, When you think about that particular topic, you know you think, well, you know, what's the big deal about that topic? You know, Um, except that, you know, the life that we live as Christians really can be and ought to be supernatural lives, right? We we shouldn't just live a life of only the things we can observe in this natural realm, just a natural life. Uh, We have the capacity, we have the ability, we have the freedom, uh, and the privilege to live a supernatural life, right? Where what we do in this earth is directed by the realm of the supernatural, which is where God resides, right? God resides in the supernatural realm. And and that really is what distinguishes us as Christians from really the rest of the world, that we have the ability to be led by a supernatural God. Jesus said that I'm going to send the Holy Ghost to you, the Holy Spirit to you, and he will lead you uh, into all truth, and he will show you things to come. And, uh, you know, we talked about uh, Romans chapter 8, where it says that, this, that uh, uh, as many as are... The sons of God, they are led by the Spirit of God. And so we have the capacity as Christians to be led by the Spirit of God in all that we do, directed supernaturally, right, um, by the Spirit of God. And, you know, the church has kind of set that aside for the most part. We've kind of gone back to Old Testament methods of determining the will of God. Well, if the door is locked, then it must not be God's will for me to go through it. I don't know, but I'm going to assume that if the door is locked, God doesn't want me to go through the door. Well, how do you know he doesn't want you to speak to the door and command it to be opened in in the name of Jesus, right? I mean, you can't assume by natural observations what the will of God is. And yet, in the church, we've kind of gotten into that rut that we observe, we determine the will of God by the things we observe. Well, I applied for a job and I didn't get it, so it must have not been God's will for me to get it. Well, how do you know? We have the ability, we have the right and the privilege to know, is it God's will? Is this God's will? Uh, and, And so our foundation scripture that we've been uh, starting with each week. is Colossians 1, 9. And Paul wrote here, he said, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So we have the ability to be filled with the knowledge of his will. You know, when you're filled with the knowledge of God's will, God's plan, God's direction for your life, then you know, you, I know to do this. Well, how do you know? Because I'm filled with that knowledge. And, you know, to some people, especially those outside the church, they look at you like you're just kind of crazy, right? Well, you can't know those things. Well, sure you can. If the Bible says we can know those things, then what does that mean? We can know those things, right? If he says we can be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, then we can be filled with the knowledge of his will. And, and really, uh, oftentimes what happens in the church is we go about our day-to-day lives and we, we are constantly determining the will of God by the experiences that we have. Instead of prior to arriving at that experience, uh, what we should do is find out the will of God before we arrive. So that when we get there, we know that if if the situation is not lined up with the will of God, then we use our faith to cause it to line up with the will of God. Amen? Uh, And that's really how the the, uh, Christian church should operate as people of faith, is we are here to execute God's will. Didn't Jesus say, I came to do thy will, O God? Uh, You remember how many times did the world try to short-circuit the will of God? How many times did they take him up and go carry him to the edge of the the cliff and throw him over a cliff and try to stone him and try to kill him? Uh, And that was not the will of God. So what did he do? He used the supernatural power of God to change that situation to allow himself to stay in the will of God. Uh, And so how many times did he walk through the midst of them, right? He just, you know, they tried to kill him. It's like, yeah, it's not time today, boys, for you to kill me, so... Later on, uh, I I will allow this to happen. I'm not not going to be a victim. You know, Jesus was not a victim. He allowed the cross to happen, right? He he did that by the will of God. It was the will of God for him him to go there. Uh, And and that kind of goes back into the whole situation with Judas. We're not going to go and do a deep dive on Judas. But, you know, Judas uh, uh, sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, but if you kind of look at the whole thing of, you know, why did he do that? Because, you know, that's just insanity, right? But, you know, Judas was a thief. The Bible calls him a thief, right? So he was skimming off the top, right? He was skimming uh, money off the top. We don't know what he was doing with it, but he was skimming money off the top. He was the, the, uh, the uh, he held the money for the Lord Jesus, which is interesting because Matthew was on the staff, right? Matthew, Levi was a uh, tax collector. You think he knew all about numbers, right? You think he knew a few things about managing money. Uh, and, um, but somehow Judas got that job. And, and so, so uh, and a little bit, this is a little bit of my opinion, but if you kind of go through the whole process, you, know, you, you kind of maybe get in the mind of Judas. He's thinking, well, I'm going to go sell out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. They're going to give me the money. I can restore the money back in the money bag. Nobody will know that I've been taking it. Jesus will walk through the midst of him like he always has, and we'll go on. No big deal. But then Jesus got captured, and, and Judas, is, Judas is like, Well, this never happened. He's always walked through the midst of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, of course, you know, the, and then he gets crucified, and of course, Judas' head's just spinning off his, off his uh, 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 just spinning, right? Because he's thinking, Well, how'd this happen? This wasn't supposed to happen. And, then, of course, he ended up with remorse and, and ended up uh, killing himself. Um, a part of it, you know, he, he was just assuming that God would, uh, Jesus would do what he's always done and walk through the midst of everybody. But, you know, no, walking in the will of God, it's not like God's going to uh, part the sea every day and part the skies and with a thundering, booming voice tell you, you know, whether you should wear blue jeans or khakis today or the tennis shoes or, you know, what color socks to wear. It, it's not about that. It's about the course and direction of your life. Where are you going in your life? Uh, and, and God does have a will for your life. In fact, from the, for the foundation of the world, he has a will from your life. He has a desire for you to do things in this life. And that doesn't mean that, that we, have, we have no other time on our, our, our own lives to enjoy life, right? Uh, the Bible says he's given us all things richly to what? To enjoy. So, you know, it's, it's not that, you know, some people think if I sell out all the way to God, then my life's going to be boring. I'm going to be a monk. I've got to have bad hair. I've got to wear boring clothes you know, uh, there's no life in serving God. And, and a lot of people are afraid of that. You know, serving God wholeheartedly means that that um, uh, you've got no life of yourself. Uh, and, you know, in the ministry, you know, as a minister of the gospel, that that can be true because, you know, I'm not a pastor from 1030 a.m. to noon on Sunday mornings. Right. I'm a pastor 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, but that's the call. That's the, the and that's the choice that I made to yield to that call. But, you know, everybody's not a pastor. Right. And, and plenty of people have just jobs and careers and lives that that are, that uh, they enjoy. And of course, I enjoy being a pastor. And, and it's not that I'm actually ministering 24 hours a day. I do get to go home and and I'll probably watch the Super Bowl today, if nothing else, to watch to see what the truckers do and see if they shut it all down. Right. So it'll be exciting. And uh, and so. So uh, and, and part of that is, you know, I believe the Lord, I believe he's a good God. Is he a good God? Yeah. Then doesn't he desire good things for you? Yeah. See, people are sometimes are afraid if I follow God, you know, I'm going to have to, you know, go become a, a missionary to a third world country. Well, you don't know that. He may just want you to, to have a career and help out your local church, you know, yeah. and, and be good to the, because to, everywhere you go, he said that you're going to be a, a, uh, a witness to both in Jerusalem and Judea. In other words, your local cities, right? So your whole, your whole life may be helping people around you. Uh, And that's perfectly fine. Right. So but but uh, do we desire to follow his will? Do we know that God has a will for us? Uh, And of course, a lot of people in church. Well, you can't you just never know what God wants you to do. Well, is that true? Is that biblically true that we can never know what God wants us to do? Well, not if Colossians one nine is so it's not. So we can know the will of God. We can know his direction. We can know what he desires for us to do. And I can guarantee you, uh, I mean, I'd put all the money I've ever earned, you know, not just the money I have right now, but all the money I've ever earned on the fact that if you follow God's will, you'll be the happiest you have ever been in your life. You'll, you'll never find the fullness of joy uh, unless you follow the fullness of his will in your life. And if you have fullness of joy, you, you'd be happy all the time. Amen. Uh, and there, but there's a, sometimes we're a little afraid about that. We're, we're not really quite sure that that's true. Uh, but it is true. Did it, didn't God make you? Did he make you with certain talents and abilities that you have that just you have that innate ability to do that? Well, that would most people, when they follow that, that brings them joy. Right. If they're if they're, you know, somebody who likes doing mechanical things and work with cars, for example, uh, you know, that that brings them joy. Well, who gave them that ability, that 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 natural ability to do that? Well, the Lord gave them that ability. Amen. Uh, And so so we can know the will of God uh, and. and then uh, let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So we, we talked a little bit about uh, last week about how, to, how did David find the will of God? Remember, what was what was the uh, what's the basic answer? How did David find the will of God in every situation? He just asked, right? He inquired of the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do here? Uh, and, and what are they going to do over there? Right? And so it wasn't just what should I do? He also asked, you know, what are they going to do? in relation to his life, right? It wasn't about, well, Lord, tell me all these secrets. It's like, you know, I think they're going to do something. He want to know, are these, is this city going to, going to turn them over to Saul or not? And it's all going to come down. So sometimes knowing what, what, uh, what God's will is for your life, you've got to know what's going on around you and what are the people around you going to do? You know, Lord, what's the stock market going to do? You know, if the Lord has you involved in the stock market, you know, could, you mean you could ask the Lord, well, I think, doesn't he know what the stock market's going to do? You know, now you've got to decide for yourself if, if uh, the Lord wants you to, to be involved in that, right? Uh, and so uh, I think the Lord knows the end from the beginning, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so David inquired of the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to do? Well, we, of course, we live in the New Testament, right? So we have at least a, as good as David had. If David asked of the Lord what he should do and the Lord answered to him what he should do, then don't we at least have that same right that uh, David had? Can't we inquire of the Lord? Uh, but, you know, we also have a, a, an even better covenant. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 8, we have a better covenant based upon better promises. And so I just want to spend a minute talking about one other aspect of finding the will of God uh, in the New Testament. So New Testament, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. Amen. David didn't have the Spirit of God in him. He had the Spirit of God upon him. But, but we as Christians get to have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And, of course, we know, of course, you know, we're a Pentecostal charismatic church here. Uh, And um, what was the will of God as far as uh, how many churches should be Pentecostal churches? We know all of them, right? I mean, was did the Lord ever intend to be the crazy, holy roller, uh, wacky uh, Pentecostal churches? And then all the the comfortable, you know, quiet, calm, uh, non-Pentecostal churches no, there was never a distinction in the Lord. He, he always intended everybody to be a Pentecostal Christian, right? There was never a, a Pentecostal and non-Pentecostal group in the Bible, right? Everybody was a Pentecostal. Uh, and, uh, and so, but, you know, people think Pentecostals are wild and crazy. And, you know, sometimes we can be wild and crazy, uh, but I got no problem with that. Uh, but it was always the intention of the Lord that, that the whole church had the Spirit of God in them and, and had the ability to speak with other tongues. That was the New Testament uh, transition that he, he intended from the, before the foundation of the world. And so uh, and we're not mad at anybody if they don't want to, but they're missing out, right? If the, Lord, if the Lord Jesus said, go to Jerusalem, right? Remember what he told them in Luke 24, go tarry in Jerusalem until what? You are endued with power from on high, right? He told, now that was after they were born again. They got born again in, in John uh, chapter 20. Uh, and so they were born again, but Jesus said, before you go do anything, in, in Acts 1, 8, he said, uh, that after the Spirit of God has come upon you, then you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So the head of the church said, "Don't do anything until the until you become a Pentecostal Christian." And is that what the head of the church said? So what should the whole church do? Don't do anything until they're Pentecostal Christian, right? And of course, you know there was no such thing as a Pentecostal Christian uh, in the in the Bible because they were all Pentecostal Christians, but that's what we call them today charismatics are just kind of a fancier word for the pentecostal christians right and so um, there's no conflict there uh, but the if you go through the new testament the new testament has the assumption uh, and, and you've got to understand this as you read through the new testament the assumption is all the christians are pentecostal spirit-filled tongue-talking christians there's no assumption that, no, that there are christians who don't do that uh, the ephesians were that way the the church at philippi was that way the samarians were that way uh, all the, the Corinthians were that way, of course, we're in 1 Corinthians. Uh, every church that Paul spoke to uh, and preached at, they were Pentecostal Christians. There were no non-Pentecostal Christians in the first century. Uh, and so the assumption is, and you have to read the Word of God with that assumption, just like you have to read the Word of God that it's written to the church, right? If it's written to the church, then it's not written to the non-church, right? It's not written to the Jews. It's not written to the, to the heathens. The, the epistles are written to the church, so the assumption should be, as you're reading this, he's speaking to me. Uh, and it's the same thing that, as he's, uh, uh, that all these epistles are written to the, the uh, Pentecostal church. Not just our denomination, right? We're not, we're not a denomination here, but not just our group of Christians as a whole of the church. But, but the assumption is that all Christians are Pentecostal Christians. And you, and you should read the Word of God from that mindset because he doesn't always say and make sure that you speak with other tongues. The assumption is you're already doing that. The whole book of 1 Corinthians, the assumption is you're already doing that. Uh, and he, and he, in fact, he says that here. And, and so we wanted to read 1 Corinthians 14. He says in verse 1, follow after charity. And that word charity is the agape love of God. So follow after love uh, and desire spiritual gifts. So what's the order? What comes first? love, the love of God first. Love of God's always first, right? It's, it's the most important thing you can develop in your life. Uh, more than the spiritual gifts, more than knowledge of the word of God. Uh, the love of God is the most important thing uh, that you can develop in your life. Now, the love of God is defined in the word of God, not by the world, right? The world says the love of God is, you know, don't tell us what to do. We want to live how we want to accept our our sin and our shortcomings and and love us anyway. That's not the love of God, right? The love of God says, well, you know, God loves you and he doesn't want you to be harmed by your sin. So uh, let me help you straighten up. But follow after charity, follow after love, love is always the most important thing, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Uh, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. So again, the assumption is he that speaketh. He didn't say for the three people that speaks in tongues, he that speaketh. Anybody can speak in tongues. And that's the assumption in here as he's writing this, this, uh, uh, the epistle to the, first, to the Corinthians. He said, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. That's why it's a, it's a tongue, right? It's a tongue. Uh, it's a, a supernatural language given to you by God that you speak uh, that you don't know. And he said in, in, over there in verse um, um, uh, 1 of uh, chapter 13, he says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love or charity, I am become a sounding brass or tinkling symbol. Cymbal, so uh, the tongues that you speak, the supernatural speaking in tongues that you that you utter are given to you by the Holy Spirit. You know, we're not, we're not here to talk about all getting uh, spirit filled, but the tongues that you speak are just a tongue that's unknown to you. It could be a tongue of another language, another country, or it could be a, a heavenly tongue, a heavenly language. Uh, and so as you speak with other tongues, there could be somebody in the world, naturally speaking, who understands that language. There may not be right. It may be a tongue that comes from heaven. But it could be a tongue that comes from some other some other nation, uh, and so uh, he says, "For no man understandeth him." At the end of verse two is what I want to get to. Howbeit, in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. So, one of the great blessings of being a spirit-filled Christian is we have the capacity to use the prayer language that the Lord gives to us and speak out mysteries. So, you know, just like a secret, a secret once told is a secret, a, a secret anymore. Once you tell it, no. I've got a secret. Let me tell you. Well, it's not a secret anymore. Right. Uh, and so uh, and, and and who are these mysteries to? Are there any mysteries with the Lord? Does he is he not aware of something? Do you go, yeah, I didn't know that. Does he ever say that? I did not know you would do that. Does you he, he ever say that at all? No, he never says that. So there are, there are no mysteries with the Lord. The only mysteries are to us. Right there. What do we do? What should I do in this phase of my life? What should I do in this, in this situation? So that's a mystery. So part of the value of speaking with other tongues is speak out those mysteries so they are no longer mysteries to us. And so uh, what I've found in my life in this area is that you know, things that are, that are a major consequence in my life, I won't necessarily know what to do. And I'll, and I'll pray and ask the Lord for wisdom. But then also you get an unction, well, Lord, I just need to pray about it. I need to spend time... And in, in praying in other tongues, specifically praying in other tongues uh, to the point where that mystery then has been revealed. Howbeit, in the spirit? He speaketh mysteries. And so there there's there will be times and, you know, uh, uh, how often that is, you know, there's no set rule. How big of a decision is, you know, there's no set rule. You have to be led by the spirit of God of Lord, I, I don't know what to do. And I've asked you what to do. Uh, and, I, and I still don't know what to do. So I'm going to pray in the spirit. Uh, and so praying in the spirit then will allow that mystery then to be revealed, uh, and and I found that, that if it's a major uh, a major milestone or a major change in my life, that I'm not going to know what to do until I spend time praying in the spirit, and and I'll give you one, one example that we did uh, here. You know, we, we started pastoring in 2008, uh, and we pastored. You know, uh, we and we started uh, we pastored in over in Putnam County, and then um, we started this Bible study here in 2010 well in 2012 uh, you know just kind of at the beginning of the year and and this is the way that often the Lord works is we just kind of knew in our hearts something needs to change you know a lot of times the Lord will give you an unction that something needs to change but he won't tell you all the details about it remember when when David asked he asked should uh, uh, should I attack the city or or the second time he said is is the city going to hand me over to Saul and it's all going to come down he asked two questions. The Lord only answered him one question. And he had to go back to the Lord to ask uh, uh, the second part of this, the question the second time. And the Lord answered him the second time. Uh, and so the, it seems to be that sometimes the Lord you know, will not uh, give you the full revelation of what you should do until you spend time with Him, wait upon Him, and seek out His answer. And sometimes you don't get it immediately. Sometimes you've got to wait until, until He wants to tell you. Uh, and so... Um, so we didn't know, but, but we had an unction. So, you know, you ever had an unction that, you know, something needs to change? You know, I mean, everything's fine, right? No, no, no problems with the churches or anything, but it seemed like something needed to change. And so Chris and I just spent some time, extra time together in prayer, uh, praying in other tongues. Lord, this is a mystery to us. We feel like something needs to change, but we don't know what the, what the change is. So that's a mystery, right? It's not a mystery to the Lord, but it's a mystery to me. So we followed the, this 1 Corinthians 14, started praying in the Spirit, uh, and, and it didn't happen overnight. Uh, in fact, that was in the early part of the, uh, of the year, and it, uh, in January or so of 2012, but it wasn't really until about August, having prayed that whole time, that, that we finally uh, sensed, okay, what we need to do is this, and the Lord uh, specifically said, uh, swap the churches, right? So have the church here in Dayton, have a Bible study there in Putnam County. Uh, and so, um, you know, we, we talked to a couple of ministers. We talked to Dr. Dufresne, uh, when he was with us, uh, you know, what he thought about it and he said, well, you should have done that a long time ago. You know, I mean, just whatever, you know, he, he's kind of like, well, I already knew that. Uh, and then we talked to another minister. We hold in high regard. He goes, yeah, he said, I knew that too. You should have done that. Well, thanks for telling us, right? Everybody, everybody knew except for us. Right. Uh, and so, uh, so we did it and it's been fine been good. Uh, but so sometimes there are times and seasons where you don't know the will of God. And the only way you can get the will of God is by spending time praying in the Spirit. Now, uh, if that's true, and according to what 1 Corinthians says, that there's, there are mysteries that we won't know unless we speak them out in the Spirit, um, that means that a bunch of the church is, is unable to do this, which is unfortunate, right? Because how much of the church doesn't believe in speaking in of the tongues? I'm not mad at anybody, but, you know, uh, there's people in the church who don't believe. Well, I don't, you know, that's not for today or that's of the devil or that's not for me or, you know, whatever it is. That means that then that there are mysteries in your life. You'll never know how to find that an answer to that mystery until you decide to do what the word says. Right. If The Bible says we should all be filled with the spirit. Then what should we what should we be? I'll be filled with the spirit. Right. That's what. Uh, uh, that's what we should do. Right. As humble service of the Lord. So. Um, so that, that's, that's an area, if it's a mystery, right? You know, some things you pray and you get the wisdom immediately. Lord, what should I do? And you just know, he said, he fills you with the knowledge of his will. And you pray and ask the Lord for wisdom, and immediately you just kind of know, I, I need to do this. That's, all of it is supernatural, and all of it is completely different than, than the way the world operates. The world operates with spreadsheets, and, uh, you know, is column A better than column B? You know, is, is the salary better on job A than job B? You know, that that's a that's a terrible way to live because you, it's only based on what you can observe in the natural realm. But do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? You know, you may take job A and it might be a great job, and but the company folds tomorrow, right? So how do you know? I mean, the Lord, does the Lord know? But He knows everything, doesn't He? So a a much better way, a much more supernatural way to live is, Lord, what do I want me to do? And, and it may be that job A is fine, right? Uh, but Lord, uh, I've got two jobs here. Seemed like they're pretty good jobs. You know, what would you... What would you like me to do? And and sometimes you'll just have an unction. Well, just whatever you want to do. You know, I don't have a preference, you know. Well, Lord, should I buy the green car or the, or the blue car? And the Lord's like, well, I don't I don't care. What color do you like, right? You know, and well, Lord, I just, want, I just want to do, you know, I just want to do what you want me to do, Lord. Uh, well, he did give you a brain, right? He gives you things that you like to do and things that you don't like to do. And, uh, and so I really believe that if you're in the perfect will of God, Whatever you're doing, you're going to love because that's who he made you to be, right? If he made you to be that person. And some people think that uh, unless they uh, don't enjoy anything they do, they can't be a good Christian, which is just kind of crazy, right? Because the Lord made you. Uh, and if you love the Lord, uh, he made you to love the things that he made you to be able to do. Amen? Uh, and so uh, I really believe that whatever you're doing, if it's the will of God, you're going to enjoy that to the utmost. I understand you can get out of balance, you can get out of alignment with the will of God and get into sin and rebellion. And, you know, a lot of people who are doing rebellious things to the Lord, they'll say they're having the time of their life, but they don't really believe that. They'll say that, but they don't really believe that because God's never designed anybody to be in sin. Uh, and so uh, that's another whole discussion. But uh, there are a lot of people who, who will say that, and it's like, hey, you're lying. You ain't, you ain't enjoying that at all. You would love to have peace at night when you go to bed. Amen. Uh, and so... Uh, so let's let's turn over to um, um, let's see uh, yeah let's turn over to, to James chapter four here. So because um, there's a couple other things here that we want to go with and you know and I thought we'd be done with this uh, this message uh, by now but there's just a couple more things I believe we need to cover uh, in this area because you know if all the blessings the, the majority of the blessings you'll get in fact uh, you know except for a few Sovereign blessings, uh, the majority of the blessings you get from the Lord are found in His perfect will, right? Uh, as you follow along the will of God, then that's, that's the path where the blessings of God reside. Uh, and, if, and if you don't want to follow the path of, of the blessings of God or the will of God, then all the blessings you obtain in your life will be based upon your own hard work, which is great, except that's limiting, right? How much hard work can you work? You can only work so many hours a week, right? You stay in the blessings of the Lord, um, then... Um, you know, all is well. Amen. Uh, and so uh, so now James is talking about some other things. And, and so we, we want to talk some more about, you know, finding the will of God and what are we doing and what are the thing, What are the choices we're making? Uh, because, again, all of this has got to do with the blessings of the Lord. Right. And so he said. Um, this is James chapter four. He says, go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. He said, "Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that you ought to say, if the Lord, w- if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that." Uh, and so, so what what is James saying here? It's kind of in a in a uh, flowery King James uh, language here, uh, but he's saying, you know, for those who say, "Well, here's my plan. I'm going to go in a city and when I'm gonna buy and sell, right? I'm going to set up a shop." Sell stuff, buy stuff, you know, it's going to be great. Uh, and then uh, verse 14, it says, uh, you're here just for a nanosecond, right? And, you know, if we live the fullness of God's best plan on the earth, which he promised in Genesis chapter 6, that, that, the, that the lifespan of man would be limited to 120 years, uh, and very few people uh, ever get to that point. But let's just say we all did, right? We all got to 120 years easily. But how, how long is 120 years compared to forever? It's just a vapor, right? It's just a puff of smoke, right? It's just gone here today and gone tomorrow. So that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about only the good die young, right? That's a song, right? It's not a Bible verse. Uh, and so it's not, he's not talking about the only the good die young. He's talking about that the time that you're here on this earth, even if you live the fullness of the time that God promised, it's just a vapor. It's, just, it just, uh, it's such a small amount of time compared to eternity. Uh, and so what he's saying is, Make the most of your time, right? Whatever you do, make sure that you, that you search out and desire to find God's will in all that you do. He said, for what you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live, in, li- we shall live and do this or that. So what's he saying? Uh, before you make a bunch of decisions of, of I'm going to go and do all these things, well, Lord, uh, what do you want me to do? I, could, I have the capacity, I have the intelligence, I have the wisdom, I have the knowledge, I have the training. I have, you know, the talent to be able to do this thing. But that doesn't mean that you want me to do this thing, right? It may be that you want me to do something different. And so he said, what you should do is, Lord, uh, what do you want me to do? And, you know, as humble servants of the Lord, this should be a common uh, question we ask the Lord. Lord, you know, I, I can do this, but do you want me to do that? You know, I mean, I don't know. Do you, uh, is that okay? Is that what you want me to do? You know, I know a pastor uh, uh, up north, He's got a, a pretty good-sized church. You know, he's got about 800 people going to his church. And he got a, so he's got a big building, right? You go to the building, and he's just a, a big sanctuary, a bunch of classrooms everywhere. Uh, and you know they meet two or three times a week. And so during the other times, what's that building doing? Not doing anything, right? So, you know, of course, some people in the world, are, it's just a waste of money and time. It's like blah, 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 whatever. You know? uh, and so uh, what's your house doing when you're at work? Nothing, right? Well, why don't you, you know, let it out to somebody else, right? Uh, and so, but he got to thinking. Well, we got this nice building, all these facilities, and uh, maybe we should just have a K through 12 school, right? I mean, that's not. Is that unreasonable? Is it wrong to have a Christian school in a church? Is it wrong to have a uh, to have a K through 12 school at a church? I mean, especially the insanity of their school system today. I mean, it, it might be a good idea to have a have a, uh, a Christian school, right? I mean, you know, they're teaching kids about. You know, well, today you can be a cat, you know. What do you mean be a cat? You're a child, right? Well, I want to be a, you know, I identify as a dog, right? Uh, And uh, I mean, just insane stuff, right? I don't know where it's, but it's it's everywhere, right? You hear all those crazy stories nowadays. And um, uh, and so that's another whole discussion. So he went about, he had a fellow on his staff. He said, well, go find out, go do some research, you know, find out what it takes to do that, how much money it costs to do that, you know, what kind of licenses you have to do that. And he sent them all over the country, you know, gathering information from different churches and other schools that have done those types of things, and was preparing and setting up the time to do that, and the money to do that, and the budgets to do that, right? And in prayer one time, the Lord said, "Uh, what are you doing? And see, uh, you have to develop a relationship with the Lord that he's he's able to ask you that question. Because a lot of times we get so busy, and we're just, we're 100 miles an hour all the time, right? Just 100 miles an hour all the time. And that's my general speed, right? I'm 100, you know, I'm just... You know, if, I, if I'm, gonna go, I'm headed towards a goal all the time, right? But unless you train yourself to listen to the Lord and spend time with Him and wait on Him, you know, you may be going 100 miles an hour and just left the Lord. He may be back at the last stop sign we were supposed to take a left here. You just keep on barreling straight, we're supposed to turn right there, right? Uh, and so he said, you know, what are you doing? Well, Lord, I'm just, you know, making this church school. You know, I thought it'd be good to have a school here. We've got this nice, big, fancy building. And he said, I never told you to start a school. Now, is, is there anything wrong with having a school? Is there anything wrong with, uh, with having a, a K-12 Christian school? Well, I don't believe there is. Uh, but, you know, the will of God is not always just what's in the Word of God, right? When the Word of God covers the basics, but the specifics for your life, whether you should have this job or that job or live here or live there or what he, what he said in James, go to this city and buy and sell, those are not covered in the Word of God. The specifics of what your life is is not in the Word of God. It has to be filled up by the Spirit of God in your life. Uh, go to the Lord and say, Lord, uh, if, if it's your will, we shall do this or that. So Lord, fill me with your will. It's what should we do? So so he shut it all down, right? He, he decided not to do that. It wasn't the right path for him to take to uh, start that school. And, and, you know, and that doesn't mean that tomorrow it might be God's will. You know, the will of God, there's always two aspects of the will of God, right? There's always what it is that he wants you to do. And the second part is, when does he want you to do it, right? So it may be that, he wants you to do this, but not until next year, not until you've matured a little bit or not until you have the funds to do it or whatever the, 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 the limitation is. It may just be because he wants it done next year. He just doesn't want it done now. Uh, and so, uh, so anytime that you get an unction of, Lord, I need to do this, I always go back and find out, well, okay, Lord, now when do you want me to do it? Uh, because a lot of times we'll get out ahead of the Lord. You know, there are things that I know in my life that, that I need to be doing, but not today. Uh, well, when? We'll, we'll, we'll I don't know. It's Whenever the Lord says it's time to do that, then there'll be time to do that. Amen. And so no hurry. I, I don't have to do that today. Uh, and so. So he said um, uh, that because we live such a short time on this earth, we should make sure that we we maximize the time that we live in the will of God, because you remember we read in, in Matthew 24 about well done thou what? good and faithful servant, right? So the rewards that we get for the life on this earth will be based upon how faithful we are to do what? To do his will, right? Because the faithfulness is a measure of, of here's my will, here's how closely uh, to my will that you lived in this life. And so it doesn't matter what we do, the specifics are not important. What's, what's important is, because he gave the exact same reward for the man with the two talents as, as the five talents, right? It's the exact same reward. Uh, well done, a good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Uh, and so, uh, you, so your rewards are really based upon how closely aligned to the will of God uh, that you've lived in your life. Uh, well, you know, well, I've not lived in the will of God at all. But, well, can you change any of that? Can you change yesterday? I mean, can you change what you did yesterday? No. So all you can do is go forward, right? So a lot of times Christians will just beat themselves up. Well, I, I've not lived a perfect life. Well, I mean, that means you're exactly like every other human being on the earth, right? Uh, and you're, if you're breathing air, that makes you the same as everybody else, right? So uh, I never cry about what I did wrong yesterday. I can't change it. You know, if I need to repent, fine. I, you know, I'll repent and ask the Lord to forgive me, but I'll move on. Amen. I, you know, you can't. Well, you know, I made a mess of things. Well, then start with today. Amen. That, you, know, you can only start with today anyway. Amen. So don't, don't ever get under pressure, well, I've not lived a perfect life. and uh, that, That's not the requirement, right? He didn't, say, he didn't say, well done, thou good and perfect servant, did he? He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So being faithful is, is, Lord, to the very best of my ability, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm gonna, Before I go into the city and buy and sell, I'm going to ask you what, what you want me to do. And he may want you to do that, right? He's, if he's given you the talents and ability to go and buy and sell into a city then it may be that he wants you to do that. It may be that he wants you to go to a different city. It may be that he wants you to go and start over there, over here, over there. So don't assume that, you know, unless my life is horrible and boring and, and I do nothing that, that I like to do, then uh, then I must be, uh, you know, I must not be in the will of God. No, he he does want you to do that, right? I think that, uh, I think you'll enjoy whatever it is the will of God has for you, amen? Uh, and so, uh, let's turn over to, to uh, Matthew 16. So, in, in relation to, to James chapter 4, uh, you know, I think it'd be helpful to talk a little bit about uh, what the Lord sees, uh, what the Lord thinks about uh, living in His will, because Jesus had a lot to say about that. And, you know, in, in what Jesus had to say, a lot of it was some warnings for us, right? Some say, hey, take this, this is a warning to be careful about how you operate your life. Amen. You know, for me personally, um, and um, you know, I don't know how to get this across to folks. Uh, in my life, when I think about, you know, my day-to-day life, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of it's just you get up, you eat breakfast, you know, um, you pet the cat, um, you, you go to work and, and you come home, right? And so, you know, a lot of it is just, it's the routine of life. It's not like God is parting the Red Sea every day and, and, and um, telling you all these great mysteries of the universe. And, you know, a lot of life is just, Getting up and doing life, right, it, it, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, and and I enjoy what I do. I enjoy petting my cat, you know, and, and you see from my hand, you know, he enjoys you know uh, a little bit more than just petting. Sometimes he likes to wrestle a little bit, but uh, and so, but I do always have in 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 my in my mind and heart. I always think about eternity. I'm always thinking about Lord, uh, especially before I make a decision, especially before I say something, right. Uh, Lord, you know, I'm going to have to stand before you for this thing, right? Whatever this thing is, what, whatever I'm choosing to do, I'm going to have to stand before you and answer for that. Now, if I believe it's your will, uh, then, I, then I'll then i be okay, right? And even if I'm not, even if I'm wrong, if I sincerely believe it's the will of God for me to do that, I think you'll probably be okay. You've got to decide for yourself if you're really being honest that you believe it's God's will or not. That's between you and the Lord. But, you know, if you're sincere, I believe you'll be okay, right? Uh, and so... But we should always have that mindset of, of eternity in our hearts. Uh, what what are we going to say when we stand before the Lord? When he says, did you do what I asked you to do? Because that's really the only question he's going to ask you, right? Did you do what I asked you to do? He's not going to ask you about, you know, uh, what kind of car you drove or what kind of house you had. He's going to, did you do what I asked you to do? And that's going to be for all of us. And, and if we would get that in our hearts of, that we have to stand before him someday and, and answer for that, you know, that would help us motivate us to kind of, well, Lord, I need to find out what you want me to do then, right? And follow that to the best of my ability. And so uh, here we are uh, in uh, Matthew chapter 16 here. And, of course, this is right after he he fussed at uh, Peter there. But in in verse uh, 24, he says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life uh, uh, shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall, he, shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So there's a lot of stuff in, in, this, in these verses here. And, and so I think it'd be helpful to, uh, to spend a little time. Uh, in Luke's version of this, where Jesus said, Take up his cross, uh, Luke added, Take up his cross daily and uh, follow me. So he said, if any man will come after me. So uh, as a child of God, as a Christian, right? We have all declared, you know, Jesus is my Lord, right? Have we all said that? We've all said Jesus is my Lord, right? Did we mean that? (laughs) That's the question for all of us, right? Did you mean that when you said Jesus, you're my Lord, did you really mean that he's your Lord? Uh, You know, he didn't say, Jesus, are you the one who's going to invite me to heaven, right? That's not part of getting born again. He is, he's going to invite you to heaven, of course, but... Being born again uh, is only two steps, right? Believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and confessing him as your what? As your Lord, right? So he's, he's now your Lord and Savior, uh, which then you get all the benefits of heaven, right? You now become a child of God. You get the inheritance of heaven. You get, uh, you get supernatural health. You get uh, uh, provision, safety, protection of his angels. You know, you get the whole package deal, right? Uh, and so if any man will come after me, uh, let him deny himself. So now, you know, what does that mean, deny, deny yourself? Uh, does that mean that, that you can't do anything that you like? Uh, you know, that would imply that Jesus never enjoyed doing anything. Uh, Jesus hated every step of ministry that he did, right? Did Jesus dislike his ministry? I think he loved his ministry. I think he loved preaching. and I think he loved teaching. I think he loved, he, I mean, who wouldn't love healing the sick? Wouldn't you love to raise, uh, you know, remember the woman's, uh, the, the widow's son uh, in, in Nain that he they were, they were carrying him to the, to, the, uh, uh, to the burial, right? And he prayed for him, and he sat up and raised him from the dead. Wouldn't that bring some joy to your life? You know, I think you'd enjoy doing that, right? Uh, so uh, what, he, what he's saying here, because we'll see it in the context of that, it goes back to your will, right? So if your will is, Lord, uh, just like James chapter 4 said, Lord, what do you want me to do? See, then he's going to tell you, right? Because he said, he didn't say, don't go and buy and sell. He said, Lord, if it's your will, we'll go and do in this and do that. So he, he didn't say that you can't do anything you like. He just said, whatever you're doing, make sure it's the will of God. Uh, but see, uh, what happens is, well, we get an attitude, even as a Christian, I want to do what I want to do. And, and that, is, that is the exact same thing that has been said since the beginning of the first sin of, of the universe, right? What did the devil say? I will exalt my throne above the throne of the Most High God. In other words... I want to do what I want to do. And that's the, the, the great struggle of, of every Christian. When they say those words, they immediately uh, box themselves out of uh, following God's will for their life. And then, other, then, then they'll have to find their own path for the rest of their life. Uh, and so uh, what we need to do is, uh, and that's why we look at the whole counsel of God, because if you're not careful, if you read just Matthew 16 all by itself, you'll think, well, then I have to do everything that I don't want to do. Well, that doesn't make any sense because God made you right. Uh, he made you with, with talents and abilities and interests and desires and all of those things. And He say He'd give you the desire of your heart. Well, how can He give you the desire of your heart over here if you have to go over here and say, "But I don't want to do anything. I want to do that." You know, all of that is it's in conflict. Doesn't make any sense, right? The, at the end of the day, our heart's desire is, Lord, I just want you to do whatever you want me to do. And as far as I know, right now, what, what I'm doing right here, this job, this life, is what you want me to do. And, and you know, a lot of times the Lord's like, "Yeah, you're good. Just keep on, kids, just keep on, keeping on, right?" Because uh, in our lives, as limited human beings, there there are things that we have to learn. We can't, we don't know everything the day we start this this life with the Lord, right? So there's training in times and seasons of of I've got to go in this situation and learn this, and I've got to go in that situation and learn that skill, and uh, and all of these things. Amen. Uh, and so there are skills that you need to learn that you don't know that that will be things that you will enjoy doing. And, and so don't think, well, you know, I've got to hate everything. because That's just absurd. It doesn't fit with the whole counsel of God. Amen. Uh, and so so he 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 says, if any man would come after me. So are you after the Lord? Have you accepted him as your savior? Right. It, it, have you said that I will follow him to the ends of the earth if that's what he wants? Let him deny himself. Uh, and so all of this is, is, uh, and, and really, um, just real quick, and, and then we'll, we'll have to pick this up and continue on uh, next week a little bit, but just turn over real quick to, to Matthew 26. Th- this is really the, the uh, um, this will help us understand uh, Matthew 16. So Matthew 26, we know this is in the Garden of Gethsemane before uh, Judas had um, Uh, turn Jesus over, right? So Jesus is praying. And so he says in verse 38, he said, then said he unto them, uh, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even at the death, tarry you here and watch with me. So they're supposed to pray with Jesus. Did they pray? No, they all fell asleep, right? And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. So right here, what is Jesus saying about his desire to go to the cross? Uh, it's hard to say, but what, he said he doesn't want to go, right? Is that, is that the statement of a sane person? Well, sure it is, right? A sane person, well, I, you know, take me to the cross. Nobody says that, right? Nobody says, I want to go to the cross. You know, you're crazy. Nobody wants to go to the cross, right? That Jesus want to go to the cross? He does not want to go to the cross, Uh, And we know, you know, if you look at everything, what was the biggest reason for not wanting to go to the cross? Do we know? He didn't want to be separated from the Father, right? Uh, And so it wasn't the the pain and agony or even the shame of being naked in front of his own creation. It was the fact that in that moment of time, he was going to be separated from the Father and he will cry out, my God, my God, why hast thou, what, forsaken me? So for the first time in eternity, Jesus will no longer be in, in, in direct fellowship with the Father, right? Because the Lord will turn his back on him. That's part of the, the salvation uh, process, right? The purchasing of our redemption that was necessary. Uh, and uh, how long had Jesus been in the presence of the Father? Always, right? There was never a time in, in, the, in, in all of eternity that he was not aware of the presence of his Father, except in this moment. And so he didn't want to, he didn't want to experience that. And that's the statement of a sane person. Uh, and yet, did he know that it was that he was supposed to go to the cross? Now, now, see, uh, but he's still checking in. Now, see, this is Jesus, the Son of the Most High God, right? God on the earth, saying, "Lord, if there be any other way, let this cup pass for me." I mean, he knew that there's no other way, but still, what's he doing? He's just double checking. Does it hurt to double check? I mean, it never hurt. Lord, do you really want me to do this? It's really hard. I, you know, there's nothing wrong with that at all. There's been lots of times, Lord, do you want me to do this? It's kind of hard. People aren't happy uh, and they're not happy with me and and they're making my life kind of miserable. And you used to want me here. Yeah. okay, You know, just check it in. Right. Was Jesus checking in? He was checking in. But see, right here in this moment of time, what Jesus wanted to do was not go to the cross. What the father wanted him to do was to go to the cross. And so you ever been in a situation where what you want to do is not the will of God? Welcome to humanity. Welcome to the same exact thing that Jesus did. And didn't he say, right? Not as what? My will, right? Now, see, people think you're saying heresy. Now, we're just reading what the word says, right? He said, not as my will, but what? As thy will be done, right? So now this, this is where when Jesus said, deny yourself, there will be times when what you want to do is in conflict with the will of God, right? Yeah, and for whatever reason. Now, Jesus, you know, for a good reason, he didn't want to go to the cross, Who wants to be separated from the Father, right? Who wants to go through the agony of the cross and the shame of the cross? You know, I think the majority of it was just being separated from the Father. But still, all the other stuff is not uh, flowers and daisies, right? The rest of it is still painful and and terrible. But his will was in conflict with the will of the Father. It was different than the will of the Father. So did Jesus sin? No sin in what you want to do being different than what the Father wants you to do. That's not a sin. The sin comes in when you say... I'm going to do what i want to do. That's then is a problem, right? Then you step outside the will of God, right? But, uh, you know, when, when you get up to that crossroad in your life and you know, you know, I just sense the Lord wants me to do this, but I really want to do that. That's where uh, the, the, the great uh, conflict of faithfulness comes in in your life. That's when you have to decide, will I be faithful and follow that path or follow my path, right? Deny yourself. So, you know, a good Christian who loves God, of the time, what you want to do is exactly what the Father wants you to do. There's no conflict, right? There's no decision to make. What you want to do is exactly what the Father wants you to do. And I think that for for your average, sincere, honest Christian who is a servant of the Most High God, what you're doing is exactly what the Lord wants you to do. No conflict, right? No struggle. The question comes in, what happens when you get to a point and this right here happens, where what you want to do now is in conflict with the Lord? That's when you have, that's the point of denying yourself. That's the point of when you have to say, Lord, I would rather do this. I don't want to do that, but I know you want me to do that. So that's what I'm going to do. That's the example that Jesus left us, right? And that's, that conflict will come to all of us. It's not, none of us have, have lived life where we have never, we everything we've always wanted to do is exactly what God wants us to do. All of us have come to a point of decision of life of, Lord, yeah, uh, I don't really want to do that. In fact, there, there was times when I told the Lord, I don't want to do He said, go do that. Go talk to that person. And I like, Lord, I ain't doing that. I don't want to do that. Have you, have you met that person before, Lord? As if he doesn't know, right? He knows. But, you know, I still like, oh, I, don't, I don't want to do that, Lord. And it's not like, and, and, you know, you might as well tell him because it's not like he goes, oh, really? I didn't know that. He knows that you don't want to do that. But so why did he send you? Because he didn't send the guy over there. He sent you for a reason, right? For whatever reason, you know. And there have been, been multiple times. When the Lord said, I need you to go talk to them. Well, I don't want to do that, you know. You know, they're not going to listen to me. Doesn't matter, still, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, I'm, not, I'm batting, a, well, I'm batting a 1,000 if you count them as the failures or successes, right? And none of them listen to me yet, right? And so, uh, but if the Lord says to go, what do you got to do? Well, see, if, as a humble servant of the Lord... Yes, Lord, I'll go do that, right? But you can negotiate. Well, Lord, I need, you know, if you're going to do that, I need some more information. You know, you gotta, you gotta work with me here. This is not just on me, right? This is on us. And uh, and so, uh, what did Jesus do? He did exactly what he told his disciples to do, right? He said, if you're going to follow me, then uh, deny yourself. But really, the only times that you got to deny yourself was when you're in conflict with the Lord, right? Uh, uh, And and I really believe that uh, most Christians who are who are Humble servants of the Lord, that in general what they want to do is perfectly fine mm-hmm. and if but but if you'll be uh, if you follow James chapter four and just check in with the Lord on occasion, Lord you know, what do you want me to do? you'll be fine right uh, and, and a lot of times well I'm afraid of the Lord will change everything he may not change a single thing uh, he may change everything, but of course as as the as the heavenly Father what he has a right to do well he can change it all right uh, and so Uh, but you know, I, I think most of the time that's not going to happen. Right. Uh, and so, uh, so I think, I think it'd be helpful because there's a few other verses because we want to get down to where he said that, um, uh, gain the whole world and lose your soul. That's kind of a, a, of an important, uh, phrase there. And we need to understand what does that mean? Right. Uh, and so it, it may mean something different than you think it means. So, um, we'll, we'll uh, wallow around in Matthew chapter 16 for uh, a while there and just see what he says. So, so we want to be filled with the knowledge of his will. We can do that by, uh, by uh, inquiring of the Lord. We can do that by praying in other tongues. <clears throat> There's nothing in the Bible that says, go look for closed doors, open doors, locked doors, locked windows, you know, whatever, whatever. It says, be filled in the supernatural realm with the will of God. And that's how a supernatural Christian should live their life. I'm filled with the knowledge of his will. What I'm doing is the perfect will of God. And I got no problem saying well, what I'm doing right now today, pastoring this church, is the perfect will of God in my life. No, I've got no questions about it. I don't question it. I don't think, well, Lord, are you wonder. I don't, you know, look at, well, the chairs aren't all full, so it must not be God's will. I'm in the perfect will of God. I'm supposed to be right here today. Tomorrow, I don't know. You know, all I know is today, right? Uh, and so today I'm right here. And I to, I've told the Lord many times, if you want me to be right here behind this pulpit that says faith on it, does it say faith on it? It says faith on it, right? Uh, if you want me to be right here behind this pulpit the rest of my life, I'll be right here behind this pulpit the rest of my life. I tell them stuff like that all the time. Amen. Uh, and that keeps me from wandering eyes, right? Well, Lord, I'd be nice if I'd go over there and do that, you know. Uh, it makes things a lot easier. Amen. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we do thank you that you can fill us with the real, real knowledge of your will. And, Father, if there are mysteries in our lives of your plan and direction, Father, we can pray that out in the realm of the Spirit by by speaking with other tongues. Uh, in other times, Father, we can inquire of you. But all times, Father, regardless of how we approach you, you will fill us with the real knowledge of your will, with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we will know what path and direction to go. You said you you would do that, Father. And so... We claim it by faith, declaring that you will show us these things because you said you would. Uh, And so, Father, we know that you're not a man that you should lie. And if you said it, that's exactly what you'll do. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Um, Well, let's get ready to receive this morning's offerings. And and, uh, there were two other things I forgot to mention one was, uh, how's uh, your 52-week challenge of inviting people to church? You know, uh, our goal is to invite one person to church every week, right? So we invited someone to church. And you can do it as couples, families, you know, whatever's fine. We're not trying to make a law or anything, but uh, we, we invited someone to church. So we, we're writing it at home on our little sheet there. And um, it's just good because people need to be in church, don't they? Amen. Uh, and so if you need some uh, invitation cards, they're back there to give to people. And a lot of times, you know, we go through the drive-through window or something and we'll, we'll um, um, pay for the person behind us and we'll give them a card. Uh, and, um, and so, you know, just whatever it takes, right? The Lord will give you creative ideas for that. Uh, and so, come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. What's that, Will? <laughs> What's that? Oh, yo, <laughs> Will said you'll find out where you're going to drive through next, right? Get behind him. <laughs> That's a good plan, Will. I like that. <laughs> so uh, I'll be looking for you next time I go through a drive through Will. All right? So And then, um, uh, don't forget, in uh, April, I think right now, as a general plan, we don't have all the specifics yet, but uh, we're going to go order a bunch of dynamite and, and dynamite all of the... Uh, well, not really dynamite, but we're going to redo the whole sanctuary, right? So uh, we got to figure out all the all the coordination of that, and we, we want to try to minimize how much time we're out of the sanctuary, um, but uh, basically, if you see it, it's going to be gone, right? The chairs will be here, but other than that, uh, everything else will be, be uh, different, right? So, um, And that'll be a big, a big job, and uh, we'll have a demo, probably a demo week, so uh, we'll order uh, some of those dumpsters out here, and if you've got time and want to come demo, I like doing demo, right? You know, it's hard to mess up demo, right? Demolition, rip up stuff, and and throw it away, right? So we'll let you know how that's, uh, what that will be as we get closer to that, amen? Uh, well, be blessed. Uh, uh, seek the Lord, amen? And ask the Lord what His will is for your life, and I believe He'll show you exactly what He, what he wants you to do, amen? Uh, and don't forget, we have a healing school today at 3 o'clock. Have a wonderful week, and you're dismissed.